Well, hello, 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 Maximal Beans. This is Jackie P. Hosting. I am here with my good friend and expert, Doc Mock, um, here hosting. I am Jackie. I am not a medical specialist. Um, I am your layman. I'm here to talk with Dr. Trader, Traeger, excuse me, about the chiropractic practice. Um, so like I said, I'm just here just to be inquisitive, make sure that Doc Mock and Dr. Traeger don't go above our heads and keep things in lay terms to you, Doc Mock. What's going on, Maximal Beings? Doc Mock here with Maximal Being Fitness, Nutrition, and Gut Health. As always, I am Doc Mock. I'm a therapeutic endoscopist, which is a GI doctor that does a lot of procedures related to the pancreas, bile ducts, and cancer. I'm also a functional medicine practitioner. And here in Cleveland, Ohio, is Dr. Traeger. Dr. Traeger, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me here. I'm an honor, uh, honored to be here, and I'm an avid listener of your podcast as well. And just for the listeners out there, I am a chiropractic physician at University Hospitals, and that's actually how I learned of Dr. Mock, who actually works here as well. And I've been here uh, going on a year this summer, and I absolutely love it here. And I'm a budding researcher as well. And it's just a, it's a great environment to be just here. Just super happy to be here. Back to you. Well, thanks, Rob. Well, we're excited to have you here because I myself have plenty of questions about the chiropractic practice. And I just learned that's not chiropractics, folks. It's chiropractic. So 33, still learning, which is great for me. You cannot supplement your way to health, but there are things that we need to add to our lives that can maximize our pathway to wellness. The American diet is virtually devoid of omega-3 fatty acids, which play a major role in cardiovascular disease, gut permeability, and mental health. Personally, I take omega-3s every night and iHerb is the best place for clean, natural sources of supplements. I love the ZenWise Omega-3 Fatty Acid Supplement which is free of fish burps and good for the environment. Head on over to MaximalBeing.com slash iHerb, that's I-H-E-R-B, and enter the code B as in boy, D as in dog, B as in boy, 5528, and receive 10% off your orders for all supplements. Maximize your supplements with iHerb. Welcome to Maximal Being. A GI doc and ICU nurse that break down the science so you can exceed your gut health, nutrition, and fitness goals. So, let's smash the bro science and optimizing your health with your hosts, Doc Mock and R.N. Graham. Give us a, a good high-level view of, you know, your practice, right? Um, there's a lot of folks out there who might have their thoughts of what, you know, someone in your position does and right. And they just think about the cracking and, and all the facade, but you know, what is it that you do? And if you can break it down for us. Great. So chiropractors are what we call portal of entry providers. And some people would consider them primary care. A lot of people do not, but either way, they are taking patients in without necessarily a referral for what we call neuromusculoskeletal conditions, primarily those of the spine. And they are using 
conservative treatment methods, mainly those with hands-on application, what we call manual therapies. And that's where we'd consider back cracking or, or popping of joints. And more technically, we'd call that spinal manipulation or adjustments, and as well as soft tissue techniques. And there's a whole variety of different manual therapies out there, stretching, exercises, we do dabble in nutrition and lifestyle and education as well. And as healthcare providers, first and foremost, we emphasize getting the right diagnosis. We, we evaluate our patients, try and figure out what's going on. We, we talk with them. We give them an, an accurate prognosis or tell them how long we think it will take for them to get better. And then we start treatment, which oftentimes with chiropractic involves a hands-on care. And, and sometimes it does not. And it also... In, involves things like diagnostic testing and referrals when needed. Yeah, back to you. Well, well, that's that's interesting you bring up the diagnostic referrals. You know, me and I always thought, okay, you see uh, a chiropractor after you have a traumatic event, right? You go, you have a car accident or you trip and fall, or if you're like me lately, you just wake up and the, your lower back is just not happy with you. Um, is, 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 are, are you more of a reactive, right? Or is your practice more reactive? You're, you're dealing with injuries and trauma, or, you know, if, if I was an athlete and I was in great shape, right. You know, will I be able to come see you to, to kind of keep myself in tune? That's a great question. And you'll see a variety of different niches of chiropractors out there. And some of them will focus more on, active athletes, things like that. And others are more looking at severe pathology. And I am lucky enough to have been in different practices where I've actually seen both. In my former practice, I was seeing a lot of athletes and doing what we might consider sports medicine and working with people that are trying to perform better and trying to get rid of aches and pains so they can go do weightlifting or compete in athletic events. And now I'm in a hospital setting and we're, we're typically seeing more severe cases of people that are in chronic pain, people that have had surgeries on their back or considering to have a surgeries, or they've been on opioids for a long time and they're looking for an alternative for pain relief. So there's really a, a mix out there as far as the patients that are coming to see chiropractors and then also the, the different environments that, that chiropractors provide care. And it, it's really, I think it's up to the patient to try to find a good fit as far as what kind of chiropractor they are looking for. And also it's up to the chiropractor to kind of give an idea to their patients what they excel in and what they like to focus on as far as treatments. And I put out there that I work a lot with sciatic pain and low back pain. And that is probably one of the most common things I see because people read my biography and they see that I, that I work a lot with that. So I do see that as a big population, but I still do see some athletes as well. And, um, and yeah, so the goal is to get people out of pain and also to achieve their goals and whatever those goals may be. It may be athletic. It may just be feeling good enough to play golf or, or walk down the street or play with their grandkids. So whatever that is, back to you. You know, as a doctor, I think a lot of us think that uh, chiropractic medicine is more of an anatomic field, right? That you're manipulating ligaments, bones, 
joints, musculature. But there's so much that's happening under the surface in terms of pain regulation. You know, nowadays, uh, CBD has gotten so much press in terms of the pain pathways that CBD can modulate. But for the listeners out there, when your body has an injury, there's this whole cascade of things that occur called inflammatory cytokines. Maybe some of you have heard that in terms of the COVID-19 virus, right? That's what makes people so sick. And there are variations between people and their responses to injuries. And so the same thing happens in terms of you injure a muscle while you're powerlifting, right? You have a different response than other people. And so Dr. Traeger so kindly pulled an article for us actually looking at the effect of chiropractic medicine on these pain signals and your inflammatory markers. So back to you, Dr. Traeger, to, to talk to us about this article. Yeah. So thank you for bringing that up. And I'd like to actually touch on the history of the theories of chiropractic medicine, because as you so eloquently brought up, it's not as simple as it may seem. And one of the first theories, actually the first theory of chiropractic was that we are putting bones back into place. And, and we kind of jokingly refer that as the boop model, the bone out of place model for chiropractic care. And it's actually pretty common. And it's really no surprise that people would have thought that because people all the time, I mean, when they say they tweak their back, they say my back went out. They feel like something actually goes out of place. And so it's, it's totally understandable to, to think in that way. However, we know now that it's much more complex than that. And although bones sometimes do go out of place and we call that a spondylolisthesis, it's not very typical and it doesn't explain all the cases that we see and all the different subsets of neck pain, back pain, and headaches and all those things that respond to chiropractic care. And a lot of times the bones are actually not out of place at all and we're not really changing the position of the bones. So there are some newer theories based around what we call more neurologically based. And, and so what we're doing when we manipulate the spine, we are stimulating a lot of these receptors and there's these specialized, if you want to call them nerve endings in around the spine in a high, high density in and around the joints and the muscle fibers, and we call those uh, muscle spindle fibers. There's also Pacinian corpuscles and Ruffini end organs and all these little special sensory organs that when we go in and we're doing any kind of manual therapy or manipulation on the spine, we're actually stimulating those. And they're in a very, very high density. There's more of those in and around the spine than let's say your finger or something like that, your leg. Um, and it's really highly involved in balance and awareness and position sense. And so when we manipulate or crack the back, we're, we're sending a barrage of input into those receptors. And that sensation kind of weaves its way up the nerves and goes into the spinal cord. And when it does that, it's actually a lot of amazing things happen. And number one, those nerves give off little branches called interneurons, which will block or inhibit some of the pain fibers that are going up through the spinal cord as well. And so it's pretty amazing. Just when you adjust someone's spine or manipulate the spine, you can reduce pain just from that. And there's other things that happen too. I mean, range of motion, breaking up adhesions or joint fixations. And then as Dr. Mock referred to, there's this inflammatory 
or anti-inflammatory response to spinal manipulation as well. And that's where this paper comes in. It's called Effects of Spinal Manipulation Therapy on Inflammatory Mediators in Patients with Nonspecific Low Back Pain. And this is actually a randomized clinical trial that was just published this year, 2021. And they, they took patients with acute and chronic low back pain, and they compared them to a group that was controls, healthy controls. And each group got spinal manipulation uh, over a, a successive period of time with multiple interventions. And they also had blood work drawn uh, repeatedly. And the researchers found that with the patients that had spinal manipulation, they had significantly lower amounts of inflammatory mediators in the blood. And so this is really amazing that they were able to find this. And people have been looking for blood markers for pretty much everything you can think of uh, for, for a long, long time. And now chiropractic and spinal manipulation is, is on there as well. And it's, it's hard and probably too soon to extrapolate too much from this one study, but it is really interesting that when we go in as chiropractors and we are doing manipulations on the spine or the lower back, the neck, we're actually having this anti-inflammatory effect that that's goes through the whole body. So it's pretty interesting in what that might mean. And I think it, it's worthy of a lot of follow-up uh, research. So back to you. Dr. Trigger, listen, I'm going to have to pull my layman card here. I apologize. You use a lot of big words in secession. And uh, I want you to kind of drill down in some of the things you said about that article, but also maybe expand a little bit. Um, so, you know, you, you talk about spinal manipulation, right? I mean, I, I think a lot of folks, myself included, we have an idea what, you know, a chiropractor does, right? You, you, you twist you, the, you know, you hear the pops and you're cracking, but, you know, what can you, can you go a little bit deeper? What do you mean like spinal manipulation? Is it like one certain thing you're doing or is it like a, a handful of different things you're doing, stretches, exercise? Yeah, that's a great question. So spinal manipulation is actually a pretty broad term and spinal manipulation has been used around the world for hundreds, if not thousands of years. It's a pretty broad term and there's different types. There's what we call high velocity, low amplitude, where you're putting a, a quick impulse or thrust into the spine. And that's typically what's producing the cracking or popping. All that is actually is a release of little bubbles from the joints as you reduce the, the pressure, kind of like when you open a soda or something like that. So when you open the joint space, little bubbles come out and, and that's where it cracks. And so that's what's happening with spinal manipulation. There are different types of spinal manipulation though, where you don't have the thrust. It's kind of more mobilizing. You're just gently pressing down repeatedly. And even certain types of traction could be spinal manipulation where you're, you're kind of lifting and pulling on the neck, things like that. And chiropractors are probably the most common utilizers of spinal manipulation. We also have some physical therapists that do that. We have osteopaths. Um, some medical providers all around the world are doing this. And so, yeah, it's pretty broad. And there's other things too. We mentioned the stretching. Um, that is, it depends who you see, because I actually like to incorporate a lot of the stretching in my practice. I think it helps to complement the spinal manipulation and really shut off some of the tight muscles that we find, which I think goes hand in hand with the chronicity of the pain. And I also do another technique called dry needling, 
which if you saw it, you might say, oh, that's acupuncture. It's a little bit different though. It's not as holistic. It's not as whole body and it's not the same kind of philosophy. We're basically just going into a trigger point or a tight knot in the muscle and trying to kind of break that up with a really thin needle. Yeah. Back to you. No, that's okay. So that makes a lot more sense. When you're saying spine manipulation, I was thinking you're contorting people into little pretzels and there's like all types of things, but that makes a lot more sense. Um, quick question, actually, you, n- you mentioned the sound of that cracking and that popping, right? That like, you know, and someone's cracking their knuckles, or I mean, I'm sure you've seen on the internet, you know, these viral videos of like these people who've had back problems and they, they crack their back and like, it's a, the noise you can hear it yards and you know yards and yards away right um i guess it's a twofer really the first is i always hear the urban legend you crack your hands too much you can give yourself arthritis or you, you know you're not supposed to be cracking your hands a lot or anything that much i mean is there any water to that or is that just you know people just making up stories that's great i'm really glad you asked that so I think there's, there's some caveats to that. I don't think that just cracking your joints will create arthritis, first of all. I mean, the concern that some authors or doctors or people that say don't do that, the concern that some of these people have is that you're creating what we call joint instability if you're doing it repetitively. And, and people that do it multiple times per day, kind of out of a habit, they'll crack their back or neck again and again and again. I mean, it adds up to thousands of times and we really don't know what that's doing. I mean, it's not dangerous in most cases, but there have been some cases of people injuring themselves uh, doing especially self neck manipulation. I think that's, if there's one thing that I'd say, don't do, I'd say, don't do that. Don't, don't crack your own neck, especially aggressively. And there's a big difference between just kind of stretching it and getting some pops versus really yanking on it. Um, there are some things that I'd also say are extremely safe and, and you're most likely not going to hurt yourself. And that would be like foam rolling your lower back. Um, and also just a lot of stretches. Like if you've ever seen people doing what we call press ups where they're on their belly and they press up, it looks almost like you're trying to do a push up, but you can't my Uh-oh. favorite. So that's a really good stretch. And a lot of times the back will crack or pop during that as well. I know if I do that, mine will, mine will crack and it feels good and it's, it's safe in most cases. Back to you. So, um, so I'm, you know, I have uh, back pain. I'm walking into your office. Walk me through the process from, you know, check in to what are your first diagnostic steps? Like, are you ordering blood work, testing? What's what's the general approach? Well, the first thing that we do is just take a history. We talk to the patient, just see what's going on, see what their symptoms are. There's a lot in there with especially low back pain as an example, I mean, that feeds into the treatment and it all depends on what the patient really says. Like people that they have lower back pain when they're standing and walking and they feel fine when they're sitting, that's typically what we call lumbar stenosis. It's kind of a narrowing in the lower back. And sometimes it produces shooting pain down the leg and that'll influence treatment tremendously because it'll give us more of what we call flexion-based treatment approach where we're having them hug their knees up. And and the the converse example would be like a disc herniation These people, it hurts them sitting. So we'll have them doing some more extension-based stretches, things like that. So we also want to know what medical history people have. I mean, do they have osteoporosis? Are they on blood thinners? And all those things will impact the 
type of approach that we use with our spinal manipulation and things like dry needling. Um, it'll also impact if we need to get testing. I mean, are they having numbness in, in our hands and feet? Maybe they need to be 12 and things like that. I mean, have they had any blood work? Do they have a primary care that's looking at these things? And then we go through and we just do an examination and uh, chiropractic examination has a lot in common with orthopedic and neurology examinations. We probably add in the spinal palpation where we're feeling the spine, trying to see if anything's stiff or basically locked up, but we check strength, reflexes, range of motion, just basic things like that. We'll do some special testing with people. And then oftentimes we will get started right away with treatment. And we'll, we'll talk with the patient, see if they're comfortable with it, if they have any questions. But oftentimes that first day, if we have time, we'll, we'll do some treatment and see how people respond. We call that a trial of care. And for most things, I mean, it's very responsible to do a brief trial of care, see how the patient responds and see what their feedback is and, and if they're improving. And after that, you can determine if you need to get some imaging and a lot of the patients that I'm seeing in the hospital setting, they've already had imaging, so I don't have to order very much. But out in private practice before, a lot of times we were getting imaging, not, not every time. I mean, it's actually a little bit of a red flag if you're x-raying every patient because it's just not totally necessary. And that's something our profession has tried to cut back on. There's this choosing wisely movement, which is kind of across all disciplines but the uh, American Chiropractic Association has contributed to that, that we probably shouldn't be x-raying every patient. And that's something that's kind of changing over the years. So the, the diagnostic workup really depends. It's individualized to each patient, but that's the, the basic synopsis. Each treatment will, will vary in length. I mean, a lot of first appointments that, that I do are, are 45 minutes, maybe even an hour max. And some of these really complicated patients and, Shorter follow-ups are 15 minutes to a half hour, I'd say. Yeah, back to you. Okay. And, and you know, the, so that, that brings up another question. Um, so, right, you, I come see you, right? I threw my back out golfing because I'm a terrible golfer. And, you know, you put me on a plan, right? You, you do some spine manipulation, right? You do some needling, kind of, you know, get my back my lower back, you know, back to where it was before, you know, I, I, I feel like I can't say the word pulled my back out anymore because it's not the right, you know, word pass a phrase, but I mean, I guess we can kind of keep saying that because that's what everyone thinks of, right? Is, I mean, is it something that you like, is, is it like, is it like a cure, right? Like you say, okay, you know, I hurt my back. I see you for 10 sessions, right? Once a week for the next 10 weeks. And, you know, I'm like, am, am I done? Like, and, and I graduate like, yep, I did it. You know, Dr. Tra you know, Dr. Traeger's got me. I'm good. I'm going back to hitting the links. Or do you think, you know, it's important for folks to, you know, keep, keep yourself in line, right? Keep the stretching up, right? You know, do you couple it with, you know, exercises, right? To, I, I know that we say, you know, there aren't really bones out of place, but is strengthening, you know, my lower back, something that I should consider and make sure. And also just, by the way, this is an actual personal question because I did hurt my back last, last summer. So I, so I figured it's going to help both me and the listeners, you know, like, what does that look like from your perspective is like, would you recommend folks to kind of stay on that plan of care? That's a great question. And, and I'll give you a general answer here. So 
for some patients, what we do, it is a, it is a fix. I mean, they walk out feeling better. They don't have to come back. I mean, they might only come one, two, three visits and they're fine. And I feel like that's more common in people that are active, people that are healthy. They don't have a lot of comorbidities. They have strong muscles supporting their spine. They stretch, they, they do things on a regular basis for their health and they're not low in, in vitamin D and all these things. So that brings us to what, what are the patients that we can't fix right away? And, and those are people that have maybe chronic symptoms, longer lasting symptoms. Maybe they're not as healthy. They're not as strong or active, or they're debilitated in some way. They have more complicated injuries or prior surgeries. And these people will have to work with them on an ongoing basis. And a lot of times what we'll do is we'll spread the visits further apart as they get better. And it might take us a while to really get where we want to be and, and to bring their pain level from severe down to, to a moderate or a mild level. And a lot of what we do in this, aside from the hands-on approach, the chiropractic spinal manipulation, manual therapies is trying to increase patients' self-efficacy. And what that means is we're trying to get patients to live a healthier lifestyle where they're not as dependent on what we're doing and try to teach people things that they can do on, at home. I mean, very simple things like stretching, foam rolling, uh, rolling on a ball, or just doing different exercises and bird dogs and different things like that. And so we want to help people, but we also don't want people to be 100% dependent on us if that makes sense, to feel good on a regular basis. I think some people benefit from what we call maintenance care. And there actually is a study that was done on that. And I, I can mention that for the listeners if they want to hear it. It's the Nordic Maintenance Care Program. And, and that is a, another randomized control trial that was just published a couple of years ago. And this was done over in Europe. And what they found is that Patients that were told to see the chiropractor every month compared to patients that went as needed, the patients that went every month actually had much fewer days of back pain per year, and they only used two more visits per year. So it was 12 visits compared to 10 visits in, in the monthly kind of maintenance group, and they had a lot better outcomes. So there actually is a time and a place to do what we call maintenance chiropractic care. And we don't recommend it to everybody. I mean, we really don't. I mean, some people get better, they're fine. But I see this as being people that have maybe a chronically stressful job or some kind of repetitive overuse where no matter what you do, it seems like things are just going to get aggravated at some point again. So we try to have those people come in on some kind of basis and that can differ for from person to person. It could be every month. It could be every two months. It could be two, three weeks. It, we really try to figure that out on an individual level. Yeah. Back to you, Jackie. And to you, doc. <laughs> yeah. So, so, uh, you know, mom always told you like, sit up straight, watch your posture. Otherwise you're going to be this like hunched over old man. Right. So, and I know personally, so many of the listeners here may even be watching it on a computer right now and slouching. So, you know, wake up people. But um, recording yeah. this podcast. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. But um, what role do you think people's general posture? You know, obviously with COVID, people are working from home. They're sitting in front of computers. You know, you're going to see a ton more people with lower back pain. 
what do you think the role of, of uh, having proper posture can do in preventing lower back pain? Yeah, that's a super, super great question. And I want to clarify that even though I feel posture is important and there's a lot of nuances there, some of the research has shown that it's not as important as we thought. And it's important in certain situations, in certain areas and and at the extremes, but there's actually a wide range of what we'd call normal posture. There's a lot of variation in the human spine and different changes in the curvatures and things like that. Um, Very few people have what we consider a perfect posture, but there's a lot of variation in that. And so what I find is patients come in and say, my posture is horrible. And I look at them and I'm like, it's actually not that bad. I, I think what matters more is regular movement and also keeping the back strong. And that keeps the vertebrae nice and aligned and prevents people from getting what we call this degenerative spondylolisthesis, where the, the vertebrae kind of slips a little bit. And as much as I say, they don't go out of place. Sometimes they do over time. And uh, there's something called creep. Like if you're sitting in a chair for like two hours, the bones can actually kind of just get really slippery and just kind of shift like a millimeter or so. And that can be really uh, painful as well. And then people go to stand up and then their back just really kills. So I think moving every so often, avoiding just those prolonged postures and trying to keep yourself strong. Another thing that's really emerged in this whole area of research is the, what we call the multifidus muscle. And the multifidus muscle is this group of small muscles that line up right against the spine. And it's the most important spinal stability muscle as preventing some of these small little motions in the vertebrae. And we look at a lot of MRIs, especially in the hospital setting. And a lot of these people, that muscle is just almost gone. It's just completely replaced by what we we call fatty tissue or fatty replacement or atrophy. And that muscle will, will just go away. And you can build that back doing back exercises and things like that. Uh, I'm a big fan of weightlifting when done appropriately, but people call core exercises, things like planks and side planks and bird dogs and dead bugs. And all those things can help regenerate this multifidus muscle. And I think that's probably the most important thing for posture aside from some of the other, other back muscles and neck muscles, but that's a big one and that, and just regular movement. So yeah, back to you, Doc Mock. Yeah. Um, and I'm going to kick it over to Jackie here in a second, but if I can have another excuse to strengthen my core and do some deadlifts, then yes. So (laughs) to you, Jackie. Yes. Build, be strong, like bull, like Doc Mock's calf muscles. Um, (laughs) I'm going to make a point to bring up a calf muscles every episode. Anywho, um, I have a question. Pull, I think, so. <laughs> it, it is true, actually. Uh, they attract a lot. Um, so speaking of posture, right? And he said, you know, everyone talks about the bad posture. And this actually brought up a question for me. Um, bed, right? Your bed, right? You sleep in your bed right? They say it's a third of your life, spend the money. And there's the people who like a soft mattress. There's the people who like a firm mattress. You see the commercials on TV, Tempur-Pedic, what's your sleep number and aligns your spine and everything. And my question is, um, I mean, is this a preference thing? Is it something, you know, like 
you know, is this something that we should be paying attention to, right? Should we all be sleeping on a firm mattress or a soft mattress? Or, I mean, is there any research or science behind it? What's, you know, what's your, what's your take on that one? Uh, That's a great question. Unfortunately, there hasn't been a lot of research into this. There was one study that was done on patients with disc herniation, and the conclusion was they should sleep on a firm mattress. However, I mean, disc herniation is is basically uh, bulging or protrusion of the cartilage in between the bones of your spine, and a lot of times it hits a nerve. The idea that a soft mattress will kind of sag or dip, and then your spine gets a curve in it. And that can sometimes aggravate that disc herniation or pinch the nerve more. So you do want your spine to be in somewhat of a neutral position, although it may not matter unless you have an injury or something going on. The other thing that I've noticed is people with uh, what we call greater trochanteric pain syndrome or trochanteric bursitis, where they have just a lot of tenderness on the outside of their hip, like um, kind of on the side of their waist near their butt area. Some people get really sensitive right there and they do better with a soft mattress because they don't like that kind of pressure point on the the firm area. So it's, it's kind of tough, especially when you have like husband and wife and, and maybe one has the disc herniation, one has trochanteric bursitis. So what do you do? I actually recommend people get a firm mattress with a foam topper, which seems to kind of cater to both types of patients and kind of settles everything. Yeah. Back to you. So uh, I think that um, we've been having an amazing conversation. We're going to have to go to a brief commercial break, and then we're going to be back with Dr. Trigger for more on chiropractic medicine. What's going on, Maximal Beings? It's Doc Mock here. Many of you are returning to the gym now, but some are not going back. Regardless of what you plan, Rogue has got the right gear to fit your needs. I personally own a barbell set and love it. The black op shorts are sweat resistant and flexible for getting deep in your squats. Head on over to maximalbeing.com rogue for our referral link. Order three items and they ship for free. And as usual, it's Doc Mock and I'm here to maximize your pathway to wellness. If you're stuck at home and cannot make it to the grocery store, delivery may be the best way to stay clean and healthy. Instacart is the national leader in the direct-to-home delivery service. With numerous major chains and food from smaller stores, you can get those local veggies sent directly to your doorstep. Head on over to MaximalBeing.com slash Instacart and maximize your nutrition today. Welcome back, Maximal Beans. It is I, your layman, Jackie P, uh, here with Doc Mock and Dr. Traeger, giving us some good insight on everything that has to do with the the world of chiropractic, chiropractic medicine. I, I have some questions for you. Um, and then, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see where this goes. So the first is, what is your favorite exercise? I would say definitely the deadlift. I canceled my gym membership about seven years ago and just got a deadlift bar and just started doing that at home. I, I just love it. And I think there's ways to do it responsibly. I actually went to a school, a college, I don't want to say where, to look at it when I was in high school. And there was this big sign on the wall that said no deadlifting. And I actually laughed because I thought it was just hilarious that a gym would say that. And I decided that I was going to learn how to do this and then get 
decent at it and, and do it in a safe way if I'm going to be a chiropractor. So I think totally there's, there's ways to do this. There's ways to do squatting safely. And if you have the right kind of coaching and you have strength and gradually progress your way up there, you can be perfectly fine and healthy and even positive for your back health and get that multifidus nice and strong and get your bone density nice and strong. All those good things. Multifidus. That's the small muscles in your lower back, right? Right. I can't wait to tell someone that they they're, they got to work on their multifidus when they're stretching at the golf course. <laughs> I can't wait. Uh, perfect. Yeah, no. Uh, yes. Compound exercises are always great. Um, okay. Uh, now we're going to switch it over to the, the diet side of the world. What is the craziest diet that you have been on or tried or heard of, perhaps maybe from a patient? Ooh. So the thing with me is I have done a lot of different diets over the years. I, I think that I've not been on a standard American diet for over a decade at least. And so I've tried a lot of different things and it's, it's all been in the pursuit of health. And what I've found works for me is very individualized and, and may not work for other people. Although along the way, I, I've picked up some probably general ideas, and that is avoiding things like processed foods and some of these artificial things that have really, no matter what I've done, those are kind of the fundamentals behind what I'm doing. I can yeah. bet that your omega-3 intake is probably pretty high. <laughs> I just recently started actually some fish oil, although I've always liked seafood and I grew up in New England and just eating seafood is one of my favorite things. Scallops is my favorite food. I feel like uh, the reason why Jackie's saying that is because every episode omega-3s come up. I mean, every single episode. I mean, if you're not taking omega-3s, like you are missing out on a bajillion health benefits. I just listened to a lecture this weekend just on omega-3s and learned even more that we've talked about on the show. So more coming on that. Ooh. Yeah. But I, but I totally echo a lot of what you're saying. Like, I think that every person's diet should be individualized for that particular person based upon your heritage, your genetics, the expression of those genetics in your individual biochemistry and your, your microbiome. I mean, those are the co four components to our lives that make every human being unique. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's almost, you know, they say don't keep up with the Joneses, right. Um, when it comes to like being fancy or, or being outside of your lane financially, but it's also the same with your health and nutrition. You know, the three of us here, you know, we can maybe follow the same plan, but we'll have the very different results. Um, so everything should always be individualized. Um, and three question three, what is your favorite health book? And why? So after I graduated chiropractic school, I just bought a bunch of books and got them from the library and, and just started reading all these different health topics that things that I, I couldn't really study because I was more focused on passing board exams and things like that. And one of the books I came across was something called Body by Science. And it's written by Doug McGuff. He's an emergency room physician. And he came up with this workout program, which is supposed to be backed by research and evidence. And he has a lot of references in there, but basically 
he tells people you don't have to work out every day. You don't have to overexercise. You don't have to spend hours and hours in the gym all day long every day. And he has people working out twice a week doing big compound, high intensity, high weight motions. Things like pulling, pressing, and then a leg pressing motion. And like, that's what he calls the big three. And so that is a principle that I sort of adopted out of necessity. I mean, I don't have a lot of time. I have kids, I have research or work, but also I feel like that I'm still in pretty good shape, even though I only do a high intensity workout a couple of times a week. And I think it is a little more designed for people that have on the go jobs. Like he's an ED doc and I'm a chiropractor. So we get some light exercise through the day anyways. It's just a nice way to supplement that. Um, but, but aside from that, I, I'm not just a, a workout person. That's not all I do. I mean, I've read a lot of, if you want to call them esoteric books, and this would get maybe honorable mention. One, one book I read a number of years back, it's always kind of stuck with me, is this concept of cycling where you, you write down a list of things that you want, kind of like goals, but it's, it's all imagery. And the goal is to come up with 20 things. And the first time I did this, I actually couldn't think of 20 things that I wanted, which is kind of funny, but once you try it, it's actually kind of hard. And then you cycle through the images of each of those things over and over and over again. It's actually really tough. It's like a mental exercise. And if you do that, then the idea is that it helps you kind of focus and, and get your mind in the right place for things that you want. Ah, yeah. ah. I've, I've been uh, akin to similar things uh, like the like law of attraction, right? Like, uh, I mean, I mean, in that, that thread, right? Like vision board. And, um, no, I, I like that myself. I always, I, I believe in it. If you kind of keep your focus on what you want and what you want to attract or pursue, right. It will keep you even subconsciously on track to pursue those goals. And it's, it may not happen immediately, but you know, you'll, you'll do the right things and get you there. Um, in, in the right direction. Um, Doc Ma? Yeah, and I, I would also add having somebody to hold you accountable. So if you want that Ferrari, when do you want it and how are you going to get there? And having somebody say, working on getting that Ferrari? I, I don't really want a Ferrari, but like, <laughs> just <Yes>. an example. <laughs> His calf muscles can't fit in Ferrari. We'll try <laughs> no, it. No, That's never. Right. They'll never yeah. make it. Um, I have one one other question for you, and I feel like this is really valuable for the listeners, is what do you do as your recovery regimen? Not only like stretches, you know, general stretches, but also what sort of supplements do you use as a part of your recovery regimen? Yeah, that's great. I currently take a multivitamin every day. It has a lot of different things in there. It's free of allergens. It has methylcobalamin. It has iodine. It has trace minerals, selenium. I take uh, magnesium powder every day. I toss a teaspoon in my water bottle and I take fish oil and that's it. It's pretty simple. I, I don't overdo it on the supplements and sometimes I'll go without all those things. Uh, I also take vitamin D on the weekend and I got it with K2 and I've been taking K2 for years. And this is a really interesting point, but keeping the spine healthy is super important as it pertains to vitamin D and vitamin K2. And a lot of people think K2 just clotting. It's not necessarily true. It actually upregulates the 
proteins and enzymes that build bone and deposit calcium in the bone. And it's, it's been associated with bone density. And I think that it's super important for the spine and we don't have as much research as we'd want, but I think what we'll, we'll get there and it's very safe to take unless you're on something like warfarin. So I actually take drops of that. And in Cleveland, we don't get a lot of sun uh, in the summer. I will skip if I go outside a lot. Um, I do stretch. I, I do try to practice what I preach. I have a foam roller in my house and a lot of nights I'll lie back on that and my back will pop a few times and it feels good. I like to do hanging. Hanging is actually really good for your back. Uh, I have a pull-up bar and it's really great to just hang for like five, 10 seconds in the middle of a workout. You can do that a couple of times. Just let your body just completely relax. Uh, sometimes you'll feel your back pop. I actually, I think my L5 S1, the lowest joint will kind of open up and pop a little when I do that. It's fun. <laughs> let out some bubbles. And I try not to overexercise. I think I mentioned the body by science. I only work out a couple of times per week. Um, I like to incorporate some different movements and, and almost like dance and dancing with my kids and just jumping around and being silly. I think that's good. Spending time with my family. Um, I like just laying out in the sun. Sometimes I don't really burn very easily. I try not to get burned though. Um, being in the ocean, I think is great too. And I, I just love getting to the ocean when I can. That's, that's probably the most uh, peaceful I've ever felt in my life is when I'm at the beach in the ocean. I, 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 I agree. Um, I still sleep. I started when my son was born, we used to put on ocean sounds to help him sleep. And I still put them on for myself because I feel <laughs> relaxed. Um, and yeah, I mean, I think everything you said was very important, um, right? You know, your spine is like the foundation of your body, right? Um, you got to take care of your back, right? Um, and making sure that you're doing the right things because you don't get another one, right? You don't, you know, the, you know, there's different types of surgeries and everything, but that doesn't, that, that doesn't beat just taking care of your body now. So you don't have to worry about it later. Um, and, uh, you did also bring up one thing, um, which was the hanging, right. To, 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 I guess that, 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 that keeps the pressure and takes the pressure off your back. Um, when you're hanging, um, I, I, I think that's also something that a lot of folks should do. Um, because one, you can say you're hanging around and keep it cool and stretch it right. But at, at the end of the day, right, if, if Dr. Traeger has said anything, right, is self-care, right? If if you are not per someone in the medical field like Doc Mock and Dr. Traeger, and you're like me and you sit at a desk eight to ten hours a day, right? You're not building up your knee. So you might need to work up work out a little bit more than these guys do because they're on their feet all day. But at the end of the day, as you can see, right, you know, Dr. Trigger has basically brought up everything that we've mentioned in past podcasts, right, with the fish oil, right, OMG, omega-3, right, and, 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 and the magnesium, all those elements, or excuse me, those, uh, those trace minerals that are, that are good for you. So it's not one thing ever. It's never just one thing. It's a multitude of small things that help take care of your body and your mind and make sure that you are being the maximal being, right? I haven't come to that on purpose, but it, it, it happened. Um, Doc Mock? Yeah, I mean, it, so it, it's amazing how fast time can fly when you're, you're yeah. speaking with 
you know, such big brains in the field and, and all the camaraderie and community. And I thank both of you for that. Um, I, I totally agree with everything that was said today, you know, recovery, your, your joints, your bones, it's something that causes people so much pain, so much distress. It's one of the most common reasons why people go to the hospital, go to see their doctor, go to see their chiropractor. And, um, you need to take care of your back. It's, it's not sexy, you know, deadlifting 425 pounds is sexy, but it's the after effect. You need to spend that five, 10 minutes, just foam rolling, working on your back and take that fish oil. Oh my Omega OMG Omega. Um, so thank you both for an amazing podcast. This is a great discussion. Uh, special thanks to Jackie P for, for being the host today. And, um, and thank you so much, Dr. Traeger for, you know, all of your camaraderie. I love co-managing patients with you because you just totally just take it to the next level and you care so much. It's, it's wonderful. So thank you both. And for all of you out there, uh, if you have any other questions, you can shoot us a line at team at maximalbeing.com. Check out maximalbeing.com. Uh, we have a ton of information on there. Um, and if you want to get in touch with any of our experts, I'm happy to pass your questions along either on social media or at that email. And if you want a custom fitness, nutrition, or gut health plan, shoot me a line. As always, I'm Doc Mock. I'm here with Jackie P and with Dr. Traeger, and we are here to maximize your health. What's going on, Maximal Beings? Doc Mock here. If you haven't done so already, leave us a comment and hit the subscribe button. Let your friends and family know. That way we can get the word out and continue to bash the bro science. 